All right, it is the Fantasy Finish Line podcast here on Drink 5. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure out how to say this right, Dave. Anyways, I am Jason Evans, joined as always with Dave Biggs. Tonight we've got Mike Mosserino joining us. Mike, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You're a frequent guest on the show. I'm sure people who've listened before have heard you on the show before. Um, but, the, you know, it's, it's week one, guys. It's week one. I'm so excited for week one. I can't get the words out of my mouth. Oh. Uh, so we are here to talk about week one of the fantasy season, right? Um, so <clears throat> we've got a lot going on in the NFL right now. Uh, but before we get to that, as always, we have to talk about what it is that we're drinking. Uh, so in my hand, there is Revolution Brewing Citra Hero, an India Pale Ale. And I believe all the beers we're drinking tonight are leftovers from the draft multiple drafts over the last week or two so thank you to everybody who brings beer over to our house and leaves it here yeah right you guys were involved in uh two two drafts this past weekend and i had i had two drafts as well but one was online uh I'm, i have a uh, bell's oberon uh what are you drinking over there mike i am drinking a wild onion which is a local beer and this is their radio free pills a nice uh balanced pills is it a good pills yeah, you like that one good. very like nice it. I'll yeah. tell you, I had a draft on Saturday, and the craziest thing was that it only took half an hour. It was a 17-spot uh, fantasy league, and it started at 1 p.m. and ended at 1.30 p.m. because it was uh, like 30-second draft picks. <laughs> and I really dug it because I was super prepared for it, but I could see that a lot of people were... I mean, I can't actually see the people, but I, could, I assumed that they were like scurrying around like hectic and frenetic in their, in their computer trying to figure out stuff. If you don't know what you're going to pick, 30-second draft picks, you're not picking anybody. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, you're gonna. Were there a lot of auto picking? You're going off ADP. <laughs> so there were. Um, you're going off Yahoo's rankings. Yes. Good luck. Ugh. Twelve team league, uh, and there were like two people that were they were auto picking. So that did help it go along. But everybody else was picking it like four or five seconds left. You could tell that they were just getting it in. <laughs> it's just it's a lot of fun uh, to watch that. And I I did too. Of course, there's going to be a guy or two you you don't know between you know and yeah. But when there's Three minutes a pick, you pick with five or six seconds left. Yeah. That's just the way you draft. Are you talking to me? Yeah. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you resemble that remark. Okay, so uh, jump into some news around the league. Um, there was actually just an update right before we got on the air about Ezekiel Elliott. <clears throat> so he is going to be suspended for six games so far at some point in the future. Um, we do know that... The NFL arbitrator upheld the suspension, but it's still going to go through court, and there's going to be all kinds of updates, and this is going to be a big thing for a while. It may even be bigger than Deflategate, in my opinion, because this is more of like the NFLPA versus the NFL, rather than you know Tom. Everyone looking at Tom Brady and being like, "Oh, you were cheating," right? So this is a little. This is different in that I think it's going to drag on longer, and I think that there's a lot more support for the players in this case. But anyways, fantasy-wise, we know that Ezekiel will be playing on Sunday night um, against the Giants, so start him, obviously. Good for Cowboys fans, considering it's a big rivalry, so he gets to play at least against like you know their, their rival all the time. Sure. And um, the Giants are good in Dallas right now, so I think Manning has like 10 touchdowns in the last four games there. And to be specific, this, this uh, whole uh, ruling was about the injunction to stop the NFL from suspending him until the court could hear the arguments from the arbitration. Mm-hmm. But not uh, the uh, the arguments to like reduce the suspension or anything like that. So that's still going to come. I doubt that. I mean, the reduction would usually indicate that some sort of deal was cut, and I don't really see any sort. Of, I, it feels like an all or nothing thing to me at this point. 
Sure. Uh, well, I'm just <clears throat> saying news from the uh, Cowboys fans. They say that, that that arbitration has not actually happened yet. Right, and he's waiting to hear about um, the appeal for, what is it called? A ruling on the temporary restraining order, and that's not expected till Friday. Uh, I believe if he gets the restraining order, then he's pretty much for sure not going to be suspended all year. And it'll get pushed back to next year if he has to serve it. Right. Similar to what happened with Brady. So we'll see what happens with that. Keep an eye on that if you're a Zeke owner or if you own Darren McFadden or Alfred Morris. Um, who do you guys think is the better back to own besides Elliott right now? Is it Morris because he's more talented, or is it McFadden because he's had more carries in that system? Well, I think Morris, hands down, 100%. Um, I, I, I used to love Darren McFadden. I still like the guy, but he's uh, you know, he's he's had a lot of injuries. He's aging, etc. I saw Alfred Morris play preseason games, and he was actually making cuts like uh, like he was in his prime years on, on the Redskins. So I, I bet you behind their offensive line, it's not going to look that much different from their current attack with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, and I'd have to agree, but, you know, Darren McFadden's being drafted higher. I'm still not too sure why. I don't know. I think it's going to be somebody's job to earn there. I, I like Alfred Morris as Big well. playability, yeah. maybe? You know, because Alfred Morris is usually just getting, like, the three or four yards, and that's it. But, uh, I don't know, DMAC has, has not in the past couple of years been great, for certain. Um, but what do you think? I like Alfred Morris as well. I mean, I guess it all comes down to who the team likes more. Um, but I can't imagine that the team would run with Darren McFadden if they have a Alfred Morris. So the Cowboys' depth chart, um, who do they list first? Let's see. So at running back, the Cowboys obviously have Ezekiel Elliott first, and they list McFadden second and Alfred Morris third. Because Morris is the backup for Zeke, and McFadden's the passing down back, right? But in Yahoo, Alfred Morris is owned in 5% of leagues. McFadden's owned in 85% of leagues. Well, that's <laughs> Just good. saying. That's, so that's as, certainly, as yeah. uh, somebody who thinks uh, Morris is going to be the guy over there, go up and grab him because he's probably available in your league. Well, a lot of people are waiting on it too, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't even know if there's going to be a suspension. You don't know, yeah. It's hard to draft one of those guys when you have to get him in a higher position in your draft. Um I guess you could take Morris at the end. I don't know. It's a tricky situation. But are we thinking that Ezekiel Elliott's going to end up playing for you know a couple of weeks here before he actually gets suspended? Boy, I don't know. I kind of feel like he's probably not going to be suspended this year. Wow. I can't imagine that uh, a court in Texas is going to rule against the football team from Texas. You know what I mean? Well, that can't like he's be. got some real home court <laughs> advantage in the in the court system right now. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, this could be a situation where, uh, we see it happen next year or they make a settlement and agree just to end it and, and do it. But I mean, d- does Zeke want to settle? I doubt it, but I get the feeling that the NFL is going to be like, all right, well, we're going to go after you for everything else if we don't get our way on this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe he needs to take a settlement because there's, you know, the, the, he needs to just get done with it probably and yeah. be ready to play because, if they can stick it to him, the NFL is not going to care if they stick it to him later in the year. So he gets the restraining order and he uh, and he it plays the season, I guess. Uh, otherwise, if he doesn't get it, then he sits weeks two through eight because uh, uh, the buys in there. So okay. so that would mean that you you do have him for the games that matter as long as you can carry that far. 
at least I don't think there's a scenario on the table yet anyway that I can see plainly to where he would be out for the last half of the season, which is where you would be a sucker to have him on your team. I'm sure the Cowboys don't want that either. No. The Cowboys would probably rather it happen early in the season. Maybe, like you were saying, get that first game in so that he can play the Giants, but then sit back. Uh, So the other big story in the NFL right now is uh, what's going to happen with the Tampa Bay at Miami game on Sunday. Uh, The one thing we know for certain is that there will not be an NFL game on Sunday in Miami. I I have no problem saying that. Where the game will take place is anybody's guess at this point. Um, The options right now, just an update from Jeremy Fowler at ESPN, said that Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are neutral sites under consideration. Uh, I assume that that would mean that they would probably play on Sunday if they're going to go to a neutral site. Um, if they do play in Miami, maybe they play on Thursday night, but I would assume, I would think that that would already be decided at this point because that's 48 hours from now. Yeah. Or they could cancel the London trip and just let them play New Orleans and Miami instead of, uh, going to London, but they're not going to do that either. Oh, that's no a good way. option. It's that that actually sounds like the most reasonable option here. No way. They're not giving up the <laughs> London game. Cause it's not like they would play the game in Tampa Bay. They're evacuating from Tampa Bay as well. Um, so, that's going to be up in the air. I, I will say that the Week 11 option, I think, hands down, is the worst option that yeah. they can have. No bye week. Right. No bye week for any of the teams. They can't change the schedule for everybody right now. I'm sure there's no easy swap. And, you know, I, I don't want them – I want them to play in Week 1 because it screws everything up for fantasy football. I feel otherwise. like from a safety reason, the Players Association wouldn't allow that uh, bye week play to totally, happen. Totally. They shouldn't. Right. If they do, I'd be shocked. And the other thing is – the Miami, the teams that go to London get the bye after on their way back from London. Yep. So you know they would have to come back from London and then just play, or actually no, that's not right at all, because they play in London like week four, and their bye is until week eleven. So maybe the NFL stopped doing that. Maybe. <clears throat> I, th- I always thought it was a good idea mm-hmm. to give them a bye around the London trip, but maybe they've done it enough now that they don't even care about that. You know, the NFL PA needs to, like, be able to set some ground rules about these things. I feel like they have no say in what happens in these situations. Nope. <clears throat> so, anyways, keep your eye out for that. Obviously, if that game isn't this week, then you need to not start any of those guys. Uh, you need to find replacements for them. That's going to suck. But uh, as a commissioner, there's nothing that I'm going to do to change what happens in the league this week. Like, whatever the NFL decides to do is what we're going to have to roll with. That, yep. And it's unfortunate in some cases, but it's just the way it goes. Um, we've had Tuesday games before, I know, um, and that doesn't really affect anything. You just get the final score a little bit later. Mm-hmm. They won't have a Tuesday game uh, in Miami, though, because it still <clears throat> will be a, you know, a clusterfuck over there. So Right. That was, I think, <clears throat> um, when the Bills had to play mm. in November when it was, they had six feet of snow out there. But what does this mean for people that are in, engaged in fantasy football? What it means is that you can't play those players if you have no uh, secure information that they're actually going to uh, play this week. Because if you have them left on your roster and only them, then you're not going to get any points for them. Zero points. Uh, and there's no real way to correct that issue, like you said, as a commissioner. Exactly. Like, I mean... Yeah, I, someone texted me right before this and was like, so if they're not going to play this week, can I do this and that? And I'm like, dude, we're going to wait for any decision until we know what they're going to do with the game. So as a commission, then is it your responsibility to kind of send out an email to the league saying that this is a situation that's happening to get in front of it? Or do you say that like you're just going to let people you know, 
uh, find out that information on their own? Um, it depends. If they just play at a neutral site on Sunday at noon, I'm not going to worry about it because the, that nothing has really changed. You, you don't have a different starting time or anything like that. If they play on a different night, then I probably would mention something to people like, hey, your Dolphins need to be in your lineup by Friday, not by Sunday. When do, when do they, is there a date or time when they're going to absolutely say the said situation? tomorrow. They say by likely. tomorrow. They've said tonight. Yeah. Look, if we don't hear something like before the show ends, I think we can pretty much rule out a Thursday or a Friday game. Yes. Uh, and the most likely situation would then be a neutral city. Um, which which is a shame. I mean, it would be handy if there was like a city that still liked Miami, <laughs> you know, that had a stadium. Huh. If you could do something like that, that would be helpful. Yeah. Like if there was a – but you can't play anywhere in Florida No, is the problem. Like they can't go to a college elsewhere in Florida. It's like when New Orleans played at LSU, it was still like a home game for mm-hmm. them. Um, but there's really no options for them. So um, sorry, Miami, but you know what? You live in an area where – you're going to get my massive storms every 25 years, and this is what happens. <laughs> so, uh, too bad, so sad. But they'll be playing football still. Um, okay, so we are going to switch over to um, what I call technically speaking. I want to try and decode some of the coach speak so that we can make sense of some of the depth charts in the, in the league. So a couple of backfields I wanted to take a look at um, that were kind of confusing and fantasy-wise – you want straight answers so that you can rely on people who you start. So first off, we got the Seattle backfield, right? And all the uh, depth charts that I use are cur- are from the website called rlads.com. Uh, that is the most updated uh, depth charts that I have found, mostly because I don't like going to the team's websites, and those usually aren't super up-to-date. So like pretty much every team has had an update in the last 24 hours on this website. Um, so in Seattle... The backfield's currently listed as Thomas Rawls, then Eddie Lacy, then C.J. Procise, and finally Connor, what is it, James Connor? No, James no. Connor is on the Steelers. Not, right. Who's Connor? Chris Connor? Chris, Chris Carson. Connor. Chris, Chris Carson. Carson. Okay. There, he's a rookie. I'll give me a little bit of time to learn all the names. <laughs> so on Monday, uh, Pete Carroll wouldn't say if Rawls would even be playing in week one. It seems like with the updates today, them publishing the... Uh, another depth chart showing him as number one that Rawls may end up playing. Uh, I believe injury reports go out Wednesdays. Is that right? Uh, you know, I'm just getting into season mode. I think yep. it was Wednesdays yep. or Thursdays. Usually. Okay. So we'll know more about Rawls tomorrow. Um, but what, what I want to know is what do you think about Seattle? Is it going to be um, like the hot hand, you know, whoever he likes the most, or is it going to be like, we're going to keep pushing Rawls out there just use Lacey as a change of pace and just use Procise on third down. This year I've been, uh, if I have questions about things, I've been turning to uh, the beat reporters specific to those teams. Also looking at the subreddit specific to those teams, to so the people that are aware and uh, savvy with the local news. Um, and in this case, uh, most people think that it's Thomas Rawls' job to lose. That Eddie Lacey is a guy that they paid to come in to, to perhaps be... Um, you know the guy, but he really has not shown very much uh, to to win that position. So uh, I think everyone agrees that Procise is is a good back, but but he's not necessarily the uh, uh, the number one guy. Yeah, Procise can't be a, an all you know an every down back, and he doesn't have as much experience as either of the other two. So I think right now I'm I'm looking at Thomas Rawls. I am drafting Thomas Rawls occasionally. I'm not touching Eddie Lacy. 
CJ Procise for me is a is a good pickup in a deeper league uh, as a guy you know you can have on your bench who might end up going in there and getting a lot of points. So that's that's my opinion is it's Rawls, but like you said, he, he might be somewhat injured. So yeah, the logical choice to me is Rawls. Yeah, uh, then Lacey. I mean, I'm a, a boomer bust. I like the high upside guys. It's a backfield I avoided. I have no. Seattle running backs on any of my teams, but uh, somebody I'm keeping an eye on is Chris Carson. Uh, especially being on Reddit, there's a lot of hype behind him. He's looked like the best back in the preseason, which doesn't mean much. But right. yeah. when when there's a job up in the air, you know it's anybody's to win it. Uh, so I'd keep an eye on him. Uh, you know, the logical choice, yeah, I think is Thomas Rawls. I'm I'm avoiding Eddie Lacy at all costs, and I'd keep an eye out for the rookie. You never know. Okay, uh, so I think the answer there is to the next question would be Rawls in that who's the best of the three to start in week one? So you guys all would start Rawls if you had one of the three. If we find if you out, had all the three and you had to pick one. If, if we he's find playing. out tomorrow that he's healthy and he's yeah. playing, okay. yeah. Yes, Rawls. assuming that he's going to be yeah. playing. Okay, um, so finally, if Eddie Lacy does have a big game against his former team, the Packers, would you try to trade him away? Yes. Like you think that you're going to get, you know, just to pull his value up a little bit, Definitely just try to get rid of him right away. You don't think that he's gonna they're gonna turn that into a hot hand sort of situation? I think if you got offered a cheeseburger for Eddie Lacey right now, you'd take the burger. <laughs> I think Eddie Lacey would take the burger too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so over in the Bengals backfield, you've got Jeremy Hill at number one, Giovanni Bernard at number two. Cheers, everyone. And Joe Mixon at number three. Uh, so this is uh, the kind of old school coach situation, right? They have a really good rookie running back, but they're going to make him, you know, earn his position on the team by giving him limited carries. So you have to show me a lot in the little that I'm going to give you. Uh, and I think Mixon is up to the mm-hmm. challenge. Um, and he, you know, aside from the what do they call it? You know, the off field issues, he would have been a first round pick for sure, if not a high first round yeah. pick. So. Um, yeah, he's great. When you look at our rookie expert, what he has to say about Mixon, he says he's going to take over the backfield. Uh, but, but please go on. I just was saying, like, do you want anything to do with Hill and Bernard? Or is it just Joe Mixon's job to win, and he's going to be the guy to own, and the other two guys are going away? I think we had a discussion recently about, like, uh, Bernard has been good, and so has Hill in limited situations. He's more of like a touchdown vulture. Uh, getting goal line carries. Mixon is, you think? No, uh, Jeremy Hill. Didn't, okay. he, didn't he get a whole bunch of touchdowns last year? But it was very kind of sporadic. Uh, you know, you, you couldn't count on him for for stable performance across all the games. But I think he had some games where he had two touchdowns, etc. So um, it's, it's how is Cincinnati going to use their team this year. And I always think that rookies are drafted too high. They're always overdrafted every year because people want to get that guy who wins them the championship. Statistically speaking, and I don't know the actual numbers, but wouldn't you agree that that the you know you drafting a rookie and expecting him to perform at a at a number one positional level is is just outlandish? Yeah, you're not going to have a good time drafting rookies expecting uh, Ezekiel as a fantasy as player. Elliot yeah. return every year. Yeah, yeah, that's happen. not going to happen every year. And, and Elliot is still a better talent than yes. Joe Mixon was. Yes. But your your thoughts uh, on that? Because I know we did talk about Bernard and and Hill still being valuable. So does it just become the three of them just randomly, you know, doing well in games? Or uh-huh. I can see Bernard being used as the third down back a lot. Um, but I, you know, I kind of imagine that if Mixon shows anything, that he's going to take carries away from Jeremy Hill almost right away. Like if, if, unless he is getting Andy Dalton killed on the blitz, 
on first and second down, they got to go with Mixon over Hill because Hill is a plotter at this point. And Mixon is a you know a rookie with a lot of energy still. So then it's the pass protection issues that you have to look at. And, and the worst case scenario would be that Mixon gets all those early downs, um, but Hill comes in and scores a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that might happen. So if Joe Mixon starts, um, starts off really slowly, are you going to try and target him for trade from other players to acquire him? So Mike, a good, Mike a good was saying outlook. that he was staying away from the Seattle backfield, and I feel the same way about this one. So I actually have Rawls in a couple leagues, but I have not drafted any Cincinnati uh, running backs, and I have no idea what's going to happen. So I'll see my way out of uh, out of this conjecture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's another backfield. I don't own any Cincinnati Bengals running backs on any of the four leagues. A.J. Uh, Green's pretty good football player. A.J. Green, I have him. <laughs> uh, I think in two leagues I have A.J. Green, so uh, that makes me excited. But... It's another one where, you know, if you have Mixon on your team, great. you got to hope for the best. You have him at this point. If he has, if he starts slow, you almost have to wait it out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if he's somebody I'd be targeting. I was going to say, wouldn't cheap. you want to buy him I'd, cheap? I'd, yeah, I'd buy, buy him low. cheap. Buy low um, on Joe Mixon. Absolutely, because if the Bengals are going to do bad, which the Bengals are going to do bad. Uh, <laughs> then they're going to want to get their rookies more reps. Then they're going to get their rookies some reps, and he's <laughs> going to start working his way in more and more. Yeah. So he could be a valuable guy down the stretch. We'll see. Yep. All right, so in Pittsburgh, uh, the backfield has Le'Veon Bell, Terrell Watson, and James Conner. But, of course, that's not going to Well, they, they just released their, uh, their, their... Dave, I was just kidding about the Steelers. There's no issues about the Steelers. I just wanted to get the Steelers fans a little fired up. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that they just, they just released today their, their week one uh, official depth charts, and James Conner is the number two guy. Uh, so Terrell Watson is not he's, he has nothing to do with the, the one-two. But, but like you said, and you were inferring, I think, uh, James Conner won't really touch the ball very much unless Le'Veon Bell gets injured. Right, and then he's probably the most valuable ba- uh, handcuff in the league, in my opinion. Because yes. he would immediately because, be an every-down back. Right, we saw when yeah. uh, uh, what's the, when D'Angelo Williams carried the ball for <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Like He was the number one running back. I'll so. tell you, D'Angelo Williams was awesome. He was. He really was. Yeah. With that pink, the pink streak, the uh, you know, the supporting the breast uh, breast cancer. It's a class act. It's interesting. <laughs> I still have. I have a updated at um, five forty eight Eastern. I still have Terrell Watson listed as number two. Well, Not that it matters because as we've seen a lot of times, it's the direct backup is listed as number two, and the third down back is listed as number three, or vice versa. They just put people on these lists. Well, which is using, why we're here to decode this. You're using a third-party site, which is a good site, right? But it's not the official depth chart from from the Steelers. I mean, when the Steelers release official depth charts, they update the site. That's how you know. That's how the site works. In theory, in theory. hopefully, in theory. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we've got Week One rankings to talk about. Finally, so the Week One rankings uh, done by Dave this year. Um, so I, you know, they're out. They're on our website. Go to drink5.com. Uh, it's the first article listed there. You can also check it out um, on Fantasy Pros. Dave is, you know, an expert, and they're one of the experts that, you know, comes into consideration when we talk about the expert consensus, consensus ranking. Um, so uh, we've got... Um, well, I can talk a little bit about overall list. I can talk a little bit about some guys that I have ranked that uh, you know might be higher or lower than most experts. Is that what you want me to go into? Uh, sure. Well, you know what I wanted to ask first is just an introduction to the rankings. How do you uh, come up with the rankings? Do you? Um, I'm you know, not going to tell everyone exactly no, how no, no, the I don't rankings say, are created. However, don't, don't tell us how the sausage is made, but maybe give us a few ingredients. 
So, <clears throat> so uh, on Fantasy Pros, the, the rankings are, are listed week by week. Uh, the way that, that we usually do it here at Drink5 is algorithmically. Uh, for, for me personally, I have a rankings list that was already created for the preseason. Um, I'm using that same list, um, but week by week, what we're doing is putting uh, certain formulas into play depending on uh, who the person is playing uh, and sort of where they are within that team. Um, are they being used a great deal? Are they not being used very much? Um, there, there's a little bit in there even about uh, uh, sort of their off-field off kind of situations. So, for okay. example, you're, you're always going to have a little bit of, if you're doing rest-of-season rankings, a little bit of trepidation towards those people that haven't played 16-game seasons. A guy like Le'Veon sure. Bell might have injury and off-season issues, so he's never going to be, for me, 100% in that field. Uh, you know, He might be one of the best players to play the game in the last 20 years, but he still has that small chance of you know screwing up something off-field or uh, or getting injured because of his history. So you got to take some of those things into consideration. Um, I, I I do recommend several players this particular week. So without going into too much detail, guys that I like a little bit more than other people are Ben Roethlisberger this week against Cleveland. I think their showing is going to be pretty impressive with a full healthy lineup. Um, I like Terrence West. Uh, Tevin Coleman versus the Chicago Bears I think is a pretty good play. A lot of people concentrate on uh, Devontae Freeman, but they forget that Tevin Coleman is a big play guy that they put out there a lot. So especially in PPR leagues, that is a great play. Um, I like Alfred Morris. We already kind of discussed that. Um, I like Jarvis Landry. A lot of people have been knocking him due to off-field stuff that's happening right now. And granted, maybe he drops in the drafts if people think something's going to happen to him this year. But for right now, he's a, a fantastic receiver that has the same amount of receptions as Odell Beckham Jr., they're, those two are tied for the most receptions ever for rookie wide receivers uh, up through their the first it, three or third four year. Years, yeah. So is it crazy? They, they went to the same school. They're like best friends, and they have the same amount of receptions. One of them is more of a superstar, granted. <laughs> a bit. But Landry has shown some great stuff out there. Um, Adam Thielen, I really like on the Minnesota Vikings. I think people are sleeping on the Vikings. Sam Bradford was an amazing uh, throwing-on-a-dime quarterback last year. I don't really see a reason why that would change. Um, uh, Corey Coleman um, on Cleveland should be able to step up this year, I think, uh, depending on the quarterback play. And then I like Tyler Eifert a lot, a lot on Cincinnati because they did lose some receivers, and I think him, Mixon, and A.J. Green are really the only receivers uh, on that team that are going to get play. So those are the guys this year. How about uh, uh, LeGarrette Blunt? Um, I, I see he's probably not a starter yet, but you definitely like him more than everybody. I I like Blunt a little bit more than the other experts like him. I think a lot of experts are looking at that and saying, the news is saying that Blunt wasn't doing very well, right? Sure. Well, regardless of what happens in the preseason, which you can't put too much stock into, uh, Blunt is still the guy who is scheduled to you know, be the starting running back there. And because of that, he's going to get those goal line chances and those touchdowns. And tell me that he didn't get, uh, what was it, 18 touchdowns last year, 17 touchdowns, something like that on the Patriots. So, do you think one year is going to make the guy suddenly unable to burst into the end zone? I don't. Like, maybe he doesn't run with a, um, you know, multiple cut style. Maybe he's not getting six yards of carry. But if the Eagles can make it down to the end zone, which I think they can, he's going to score the touchdowns. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, where did my list of questions go? Um, how much does a player's matchup determine their ranking? So, I know that... Um, 
at least in the past when we did it, we would we would use part of the matchup in terms of fantasy points against uh, as the ranking. Uh, so we're doing it differently now. I want to know: Does the players' matchup still matter? And is it is it a lot of consideration? Is it a little early in the year? Do you consider it less than you do later in the year when you know more about the opposing team? Do you really want me to go into detail? On I, this? I I mean I don't feel like you're giving away the store by telling me that. But if it's too much, then it's okay. Yeah, all those things you said are true. They're still true. They have been true for our ranking since we started them. However, um, for week one, for example, you can't put into any of that in consideration. In fact, a lot of it has to be arbitrary because you can only have the defense's rankings as far as uh, how good they are against the pass or against the run from the previous years. So uh, going into this year, having a lot of teams lost players or gained players, it's almost impossible to have that number. It's something that I have to create manually. Okay. And finally, can you tell us all one more time where you can find the rankings? Like Denver, for example, like a lot of people think they're going to be the number one defense, but they lost some guys. Like they're taking a hit this year. Oh, they lost a bunch of guys, yeah. So I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, the rankings are always available at drink5.com. They'll be posted on uh, Tuesday evenings so that you can have time to, to go ahead and do you know your, your, uh, your weekly lineups. And then on Fantasy Pros, uh, you can find us under Drink5 or my name, David Biggs. Uh, enough self-promotion, though. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get on with it. I, I will tell you that I feel pretty confident about about things this year. Uh, and to Jason's point, you know, we we have done the rankings several different ways. Um, and since we're talking a lot about it, last year, for example, we we did the rankings together as a consensus, and I thought it worked out pretty well. But the problem with doing a consensus ranking between multiple people is that if someone's up on a player and the other person's down on that player, then you're never going to get him right. Because you're just going to average in the middle, which will never make you better than someone just putting out their thoughts. Like, talk about a guy like Kendall Wright. Say you think Kendall Wright's going to have a, a fantastic game this week. You can put him at the number 11, number 12 wide receiver. People might think you're crazy. But if the other guy is, like, slightly down on him, you're going to end up just at the average uh, ranking that everybody else is at, which means that you don't actually gain any ground. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um... That was, you know, I, I grew frustrated with the rankings last year mostly because uh, I felt like we weren't hitting on anybody. And, and you're right because when you split the difference on everything, it, it would be really boring if we agreed on every player. That's, we wouldn't have a podcast to do. That's the reason why you don't hit on people is because you're you what you have decided is a, is a good pick or a bad pick gets evened and averaged out. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll see how we do this year. Uh, but but I encourage you to, to follow me for good or bad. You can at least make fun of me if I do terribly. <laughs> I'll take you up on that. <laughs> uh, so today is Tuesday. Don't forget to check your waiver wires, guys. I know you just did your draft and you haven't lost anybody yet, unless it's Julian Edelman or Cameron Merritt. You know, people a few weeks ago you would have taken care of That's tough. by now. Um, so don't forget to check your waiver wires. This week, there are a few guys to pick up to check out. Maybe suddenly you don't want to have anything to do with anybody in uh, the Miami and Tampa Bay game or in other games. Um, well, that's a good point. There's a yeah. lot of people out there. If they don't play, that they're going to have to like be scouring the waiver wire now. Uh, they might not have enough good backups in those positional areas. What if you're in a league where everyone picks up two quarterbacks and you're stuck with Tannehill ver- or not Tannehill, but Cutler versus uh, Jameis Winston? Yeah, I mean. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> That's a really bad situation to be in. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of SOL there. You have to pick up like Trevor Simeon to play on Monday night. Yeah, I hope you don't have to do that. Yeah, well, two quarterback leagues, he's probably starting this year. <laughs> maybe, maybe close. So anyways, uh, the waiver wire, 
Um, some guys that we can look at at quarterback. Uh, we got Carson Palmer. He is 63% owned uh, in leagues, but I think that has to do, a lot to do with his name. You know, he's he's recognizable, so people are going to be drafting him because he's had lots of success in Arizona. Sure. Um, but I don't really, um, you know, I don't recommend starting him unless you have to. But what is he playing, the Lions? I think Palmer will be good for the for the first half of the year. Uh, that's that's sort that's of their Palmer uh, thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, over at running back, uh, you got Jaquiz Rogers, who is sixty two percent owned. But um, I think people need to remember that Doug Martin is suspended for the first three games of the year. And yeah, how is he not one hundred percent owned as a starting running back? Jaquiz Rogers games. will be starting yeah for the next three games <laughs> yeah. for a it's good offense. To be honest. He was he did well last year when he started uh, in place of Doug Martin. So, um, you know, start Jaquiz Rogers. Don't just pick him up. Start him. Absolutely. I, I think that the, that's a good move. Especially, I mean, if they wind up playing the game somewhere in the South, it might still be crappy weather. So you're going to need a good running game. Yeah. And if they're playing, you know, if they're going crazy and they can't focus on football, then they're going to run the ball maybe a little bit more because it's it's more of a reactionary of you, you know, dry dictating everything when yep. you're running the ball rather than trying to orchestrate things. Um, so Alvin Kamara, I'm not too familiar with him, Dave. Can you give me the rundown on Alvin Kamara? What would you like to know about Alvin? I, tell me who he is. I Al, mean, Alvin's I, a rookie uh, that was just drafted uh, um, by the New Orleans Saints. And um, according to uh, to Sean Foss, who, who I talk to occasionally, who's our, our college expert, uh, writes the rookie report on a weekly basis, um, he is a guy that is really good in, in these uh, backfield passing situations. And so if you remember, the New Orleans Saints used to have a guy named Travaris Cadet. Um, and he was a guy who would come in to spell Mark Ingram a little bit because Ingram does get involved in passing situations. Look at their situation there. You've got Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram. Ingram is the starter. Peterson will probably get a bunch of early down work unless they, he shows to be too old. Um, and then you've got um, this guy who's going to come in and spell Ingram and be on third down situations. And a team like the Saints where they pass all the time, that's your bread and butter. You're going to see a lot of him. Um, and if something were to happen to Ingram or Peterson, then he would step up and be uh, you know, your running back two, running back three on a team. Now, I, I say that somewhat lightly, right? And, and it's a weird situation because um, I just read some blurb on, um, on a fantasy football site the other day. That basically any expert can come in here and say that guy's about to be your running back too if someone goes down. Like you know, <laughs> most guys are right there because everyone kind of fits the bill for that. It's if you're in a team that has a, a, a high volume running offense or high volume passing back offense, uh, whoever's the next in line is going to get it. Yeah. But that's exactly where we are in the situation. Is uh, he is a guy who you probably shouldn't have on your team. Um, to play on a weekly basis, but if something was to happen, if something was to occur, um, he he would get a good boost. And the reason I have him on the waiver wire picks this week um, is because I think that he's going to uh, at least put up some points on a weekly basis. He'll be used in the game. So there's a lot of these guys that are not being used that are back in the fourth and fifth you know positions as backups. He's going to be played. Now, um, 
Who was it last year on the Saints? Cadet. Yeah, right? Travaris Cadet. So, so Cadet was a guy that on bye weeks, you could throw him in there. He gets a couple receptions, 30, right. 40 yards, maybe a lucky touchdown. Is he going to fall into that role? Or is that going to be kind of a blend of Ingram and Peterson? And- no, that's it. Because I don't believe any of this uh, talk about Adrian Peterson starting to catch balls. And I don't care who's throwing him yep. the ball. It's Adrian Peterson is either going to have juice left in him or he's not. But he's going to be running the ball. Let's yes. not kid ourselves, no. right? You don't buy Adrian Peterson for him to be your catching back, right? That's, that's not that's not what you do. Um, no, you could have got Jamal Charles. Yeah, well, that's probably <laughs> equally as uh, uh, unfortunate of a maneuver. Uh, but yeah, I, I like him. Um, let, let me let me clean up the rest of this list. Marlon Mack could take over for Frank Gore. D'Angelo Henderson is a guy who's been awesome in the preseason, but he's behind C.J. Anderson and Jamal Charles. And uh, also a couple other guys, Devontae Booker. But, you know, Denver's had issues with their running game in general. Um, Corey Davis, wide receiver, 47% owned. Uh, he, I like Corey Davis. I'm surprised he's only 47% owned. Because because of the hamstring injury, he sidelined him for the whole preseason. And there was no buzz about him at all. And he's going to be easily stepping into that number one position on Tennessee Titans with Mariota, with Eric Decker, with Delaney Walker, high-powered offense. He's going to score points. Um, I like Tyler Lockett. He's playing again now. He could be one of those breakout candidates this year. So uh, I, I have him penciled in the books. And then two guys from the Bears with Cameron Meredith injured, and, and we talked about this last show, Jason. Uh, he wrote an article about replacements. Um, Kevin White and Kendall Wright, one of those guys is going to do really well this year. And you would think it'd be Kevin White, 49% owned, but I think it's probably going to be Kendall Wright. I agree. 12% owned. That, that was the conclusion we came to last week. Um, I'll, I'll drink to Kendall, right? Yeah. Cheers, Cheers buddy. <laughs> uh, and I like a couple tight ends. Uh, Julius Thomas on the Dolphins because uh, Jay Cutler likes to throw to his tight end. And, and Julius Thomas was not a bad tight end. He just has been in bad situations in the past couple years. Kobe Fleener on New Orleans. Should do well. C.J. Fedorowicz, uh, he blew up for a couple games in Houston. Doing very well. Uh, and my defense pick of the week, uh, what do you call that, the the lock? Of the week, of the century. <laughs> um, I love the Buffalo Bills, and I don't care how good the Buffalo Bills are. They did have a good defense uh, last year. They, they lost a couple guys. But who cares? They're an average defense or a slightly above average defense playing against the worst team in the league, maybe the worst team ever. Um, arguably, <laughs> now, they're, they're trying to be the worst team ever. So they're an awesome play, and always go against the Jets if possible. Do you guys think the Jets have a chance at tying the uh, the zero sixteen Detroit Lions record? It's a shame they can't beat that record. Yeah, there's, it's impossible, right? <laughs> I think they're going to get a sneaky win somewhere in the season. Who could they beat? I don't know. Well, no one in their division. Maybe the Bills. They play uh, the Bills twice. <laughs> yeah, they could beat the Bills once. Maybe the Bills blew up half of their team, but they still have half of it. Yeah, half. <laughs> well, we'll see. The problem with the with that is that the Jets play the Bills twice. Obviously, they play uh, Jacksonville. Um, you know, they play bad teams. They play the Chargers. You know, uh, you know, it's not they can win a game. Yeah, the the Jets will beat someone. They play the Browns. <laughs> True. Well, we'll see. But the Browns do have better they play players. The, though. They play the Bills, the Jaguars, and the Browns in the first five weeks. The Jets could be three and two. I, I disagree. <laughs> it, 
you can talk in playoffs. <laughs> you, you've got at least the Browns and Jaguars are are like in the process of rebuilding. Like they're actually getting players. The Jets are only letting them go at this point. Oh yeah, they the have Jets. Th- they have three quarterbacks. I who... think the Jets are doing the Browns what the Browns did in the last couple of years, which is dump yeah. everyone, acquire as many picks as you can, start over. No, that's exactly right. Uh, and we're talking about waivers here, so do you want to uh, go into something that we've been talking about lately and you've implemented in some of your leagues, which is the FAAB. Could you explain what that is and maybe we talk about some strategies? Sure. The free agent acquisition budget uh, is essentially auction waivers. So typically speaking, you're going to have a $100 budget of funny money and you'll bid on players each week instead of placing your claims. Um, you only have that money for the whole season. You can't acquire more money typically speaking uh sometimes you can trade for money and players and stuff like that but you know check your league's rules before you decide to do that um so basically what you need to do is sort of pick a strategy i think at the beginning of the season and you're going to decide well i'm going to you know give myself five bucks a week so i can stream uh, a quarterback or so i can uh stream defenses and kickers and stuff like that or i'm going to take what's left and not spend any money uh, until a really good pick comes out where I'm going to dump a lot of money on. I hope you're not paying $5 a week on a kicker because I've got some words for you. No, I meant I meant for <laughs> the purpose of streaming kickers and defenses and stuff like that. I mean, streaming kickers doesn't happen very often. Zero dollars, right? I You think usually take a kicker right. until he's on buy, and then you take another kicker. Well, I like kickers, but but I'm just saying you don't have to really pay a lot of money for them I, unless unless you've got Justin Tucker coming off by and somebody dropped them or something. And you got defenses that you're going to spend a few bucks on. Quarterbacks, but, if you stream them, you need to spend a couple bucks. You may get stuck without one. But yeah, you're saying you, if you're going to stream positions every week, you have to keep a little bit of money in, like, in your pocket. Exactly. Yeah. But I think what a lot of people like to do, you know, maybe half the people who do this, is they like to save their money and put in big bids on guys that they really need. They're gamblers. Wait until they really need someone or wait until a big injury happens and you know there's a big name available and then put in a lot of money. I've seen at the end of the season people bidding 90 or or $100 on one guy. Well, it will happen that someone will get injured that's huge and, and their backup will end up being a WR1 or a running back one or a quarterback one yeah. uh, that before was not even on the, you know, on the horizon. So that's a that's a guy like your uh, um, Carson or whatever his name is, <laughs> the Seattle running the back Seattle, that nobody knows. Yeah, never know. Maybe he blows up this week. He's a number one waiver pick next week. Chris you know, Carson. How much? I like that. If you get like a, a a great a great pick early in the season that can just carry you to victory, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. This That's is the only stuff. time we can dream. So, so do you, it'll do you, all change. Do you recommend? <laughs> do you recommend personally, uh, in your experience with uh, with leagues, etc.? Because you've been the commissioner of a lot of leagues, um, and I'm talking to Jason. Uh, would you want to switch over all of your leagues, or do you find some value still in the regular waiver wire, um, you know, weekly uh, positional uh, system? The regular system is simpler, and as someone who's in a lot of leagues, I appreciate that not all of them are like in hard mode so i i do like keeping it simple uh in some cases so i i do want to on some of the more challenging leagues switch over to the auction system because uh i think it's a little bit more fair uh and it's going to be um you know more challenging if everybody's participating um etc then it makes it really nice i think it makes it it makes right. it a good change i think that the the other way that most people do it i feel is the 
you know, the, you change the order every week based on the standings. The one system that I can't stand is when you hold on to the to the pick, you know, uh, for weeks and weeks, and you just slowly move up the list. <laughs> you know, I, I don't like doing that at all because it doesn't make personally it doesn't make much sense it allow teams who are in first place don't need to make picks and therefore they move up the list they're rewarded for being good and that's not how you create parity in, in competition so uh unless you specifically want to award the good players in order to make it more difficult for the bad players if that's your intent then fine but otherwise i think that you should pick a system where it either gets reordered weekly or you do the auction where regardless of really where you're at, everyone's at the same opportunity to get everybody. Okay. okay. There's been times with the rolling draft order, I've just kicked myself because I pass on somebody because I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to blow my second or third pick. I'm going to keep climbing up the ladder, and I miss on somebody waiting for that guy to come because around. Because you're going to have four or five guys throughout the year that might yep. be your golden goose, but there's only going to be one or two of them. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of fool's gold and mirages along the path to victory, you know? Yeah. It's going to happen. Like, you look, see that mountain horizon with a little bit of water and, and like, it's some ocean, but really it's just uh, the reflection on a tree. There's no water there, man. <laughs> That shit is bogus. But it sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's that's the why you play fantasy football. Yep. It's like uh, it's like any kind of form of gambling where you you like to hit on those things that are really good. But I think with fantasy football, you do have a little bit more control over it than like playing a game of hold'em um, or or playing a game of craps or something like that. Sure. I mean, when you play roulette and you hit on red, it's all right. But when you hit <laughs> on ten, you're like, yeah, thirty-five to one. You know, it's much more fun to hit the long shot. <laughs> okay, so um, speaking of gambling, we you know don't really like to have a podcast without betting on something. Um, so we're going to bet on stuff this year. Maybe we won't spend as much time on it, but tonight what we'll do is pick an over-under for three different guys for the amount of fantasy points they're going to score in the first week. Standard scoring. Um, the loser is going to buy. We're going to go to Lily's Q. Lily's Q is a barbecue place in, in the city in Chicago. Uh, we're going to go there. The loser buys all the food. The best barbecue place in Chicago. The second place finisher buys a round of beers. I didn't want to say all the beers because that could wind up being more than the food. <laughs> round of beers. So all the food for the loser, round of beers for the winner, for the, the second food. place. Wow. And first place feasts like a king. This is this is more impressive of a bet than I thought it was I originally. Like it. <laughs> right. The loser could end up spending like, you know, he's going to spend 50 or 60 bucks. Oh, my God, Jason. Oh, great. What kind of barbecue place is this? A good one. <laughs> it's a really good barbecue place. Awesome. It's not seven ninety nine per entree, I'll tell you that. That's good. <laughs> I don't want that. Okay. So the first guy is going to be Kareem Hunt, running back on Kansas City, playing in New England on Thursday night. Uh, we'll start his points at 15. What we'll do is uh, Dave will get first choice to go up or down on that. Um or, or over or under on that. And if we all go over, then we have to raise the points. Mm-hmm. Or, or if we're all under, we have to re- lower the points. Until we find a level of points where, you know, we split. We've done this before. Yeah. Under. It'll go quick. So Dave thinks he's going to go under 15. Mike, where do you think he'll be? Over. You think he's going to be over? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he's going to go over 15 points, too. I think he'll have a good game. I think that the I can smell the brisket. defense is good. <laughs> <laughs> Kareem Hunt is a mirage. So we're sticking at 15.0. Mike is going to go over. Dave is going to go under. Jason's going to go over. All right, next on the list is Martavis Bryant. Mike, you'll start uh, off the decision-making here. He's the wide receiver in Pittsburgh. They're playing in Cleveland on Sunday, where uh, if they win, what happens with Ben Roethlisberger, Dave? 
He becomes the winningest quarterback uh, to play ever in the Cleveland Browns stadium that currently exists. Okay, so we're going to... No Cleveland quarterback, (laughs) Ben Roethlisberger. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers to that. So so he's tied for that record at the moment, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Very nice. But, I mean, you can tell from that stat that... uh, So he'll break it sometime this year. Cleveland's been bad for a long time. he'll only play there once this year. (laughs) He only gets one chance a year to keep a win there. the playoffs, I promise you that. Yeah, how crazy is that? He, in Cleveland. Yeah. He no. plays there once a year and he's won there more than any Cleveland quarterback that's that's like been playing in the new stadium since the nineties. Alright, so we got Martavis Bryant. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> we got two Steeler fans here. I, I think that you guys may Higher. go up from ten. Mike says over. Um I'll go I'll go over ten. I mean it's ten points, right? If he scores a touchdown, he's scoring more than ten points. So you're gonna go over? Does it matter? It's majority, right? If we all go over, then we need to go to 11 and make another decision. If you want to take the under there, you can. Oh, or you I can see. take the under there. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it moving up. Okay, so we'll go to 11, Mike. Over. I'll, I'll go under 11. So, Dave, or do you want to stay over at yeah, 11? I'm over. He's scoring a touchdown. So that means he's getting at least probably... 50, 60 yards in a touch, which... He's yeah. getting like 35 points. 85 points? <laughs> yeah, 85. 645 <laughs> points. If you have Martavis Bryant on your team week one, you basically just win fantasy football. I you think just win it all. They're playing Cleveland. <laughs> He's going to put up 15. Brown's going to put up 15, 20. Bell's going to put up a ton of points. It's going to be a good game. <laughs> okay, so Martellus Bennett, tight end in Green Bay now. They're hosting Seattle on Sunday. Um Bennett's uh, got another new team. It's probably the best chance that he's had for big numbers since like the heydays with Jay Cutler. Uh, because, remember, he was in uh, New England, but he was the backup to Rob Gronkowski, uh, or the second guy. Um, so we're going to start the Black Unicorn off at nine points, and I will go under nine. Well, again, you're, you're kind of assuming he gets a touchdown here. This is not PPR, right? It's just standard Correct. scoring. Standard scoring. So I have to go under as well. Under. Okay. Eight. Uh, I'm going to go under eight. Ah, uh, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll go over or say he scores a touchdown. <laughs> I'm going to go under eight, too. Okay. So eight. So is there a possibility of a tie here? Do we need a tiebreaker? Uh, I don't think that there is because... Can I just win if there's a tie? Is that how it works? Here's the tiebreaker. How many points does Pittsburgh win by this weekend? 30, 30 points. 30 points for Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a little under, to be honest. Yeah, I was, I was thinking in the 40s, but... 40s. In the 40s. <laughs> no, so I'll, I'll take 25 and under. No. You can have... <laughs> no, realistically, uh, Pittsburgh by 17. It's going to be a two two touchdowns at least. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, I mean, there is a possibility that we tie. So, <laughs> um, how about passing yards for Jay Cutler? Uh, no, they might not might play not a play. game. <laughs> so, is zero then the correct answer? <laughs> zero is the right answer on that one. <laughs> um, okay, so... How about... Um, how many points do the Jets score against the Bills? Can we, can we agree on a range of points? 
It's, it's hard to do a three-way tiebreaker. How do you do a three-way tiebreaker? So the thing about the Jets-Bills matchup, and, and if I'm going into more detail here, is that I don't know who's going to win the game. I just know that the Bills are going to get turnovers because the team is terrible. So that's how they're going to get their defensive uh, special That's why points. it's worth starting the DST. Like, they're going to get a pick six in that game. Like, it's going to happen. Either that or, like, a fumble touchdown or something like that's going to happen. So they're going to score at least, like, you know, 11, 12 points on defense. But I, I would say the Jets can probably put up six points. Probably six. <laughs> Do you even know any wide receivers on the Jets anymore besides Robbie Anderson? Besides Rob, well, they just signed Jeremy Curley, and so that also counts. I think they signed Jermaine Curse and are talking about signing Jeremy Curley. Um, I thought it was the other way there. around. What? I thought it was the other way around. Well, fair enough. The point is, none of those guys are, are WR ones on any team. No. So, <laughs> no, not at all. Jeremy Curley signed a contract with the Jets. All right. And, uh, yeah, the other guy was being looked at. Um, so, we could pick different players to score points. Yeah. Let's, you know, if it's tied, we just go to Lily's queue and have a good time. We'll have a good time. Uh, I've got some questions in from Twitter if you guys want to help me answer them. Uh, number one is what's Sammy Watkins looking like this fantasy season? I mean, he's got to be their number one target, right? Sure, but they do like Cooper Cup over there. So um, in the preseason, they have thrown to him a lot because he's a slot receiver, a rookie. I don't know that that means that that's where all the targets. I'm are I'm not saying go. that he's going to like overtake Sammy Watkins. See, Dave's just going to say he's a mirage. He's a mirage. He's, he's not a mirage. He's a mirage. <laughs> white running, white wide receivers are mirages. Well, he's a rookie. He got a lot of targets in the preseason. He's getting a lot of. Well, what do we think about Watkins? Is, does yeah, he... I, I like Watkins. I think Watkins is, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that where he was being drafted, he could be a top 10 wide receiver. He's got the talent for it. Yeah. Uh, so we, are we all in agreement saying that he was he's being drafted lower than he probably will end up at the end of the season? Watkins? Yeah. Yeah, and I know that you're high on him, higher this week than uh, most of the experts on him, too. Um, well, I'm just saying his ADP is a little lower than it should be because of the move to... The move, uh, and everyone's worried about his health, usually. Uh, valid concerns, but, I mean, I would start him if I had him on my team this week, you know, right? You're starting him. You drafted him to start him. Exactly, yeah. Him. There's no... I mean, unless you drafted All right. a bunch of wide receivers in a row, you're starting Sammy Like Marcus. you did in one league. Like I did. I didn't go full Glenn, but almost. <laughs> uh, do I start Manning over Winston since Winston will be playing in a hurricane? Well, he's not going to be playing in a hurricane <laughs> uh, because they're not playing in Miami. So, I mean, I'd still start with Winston there wherever they play. Well, well, yeah. well he might not play. Well, yeah, I guess we'll find out. If we'll he find doesn't out. play, you don't play him. Well, so. there's there's been uh, there's been updates, but no decisions since we've been on the air. So, we'll go over the latest before we sign off. Yeah. So I'll I'll uh, I'll wait to respond to him a little bit here. We've got. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I some of these questions are just really funny. Um, anyway, I, I think that's that's good enough. I can I can answer some other ones. <laughs> Are you my, gonna leave us hanging like that? Yeah, in my here. off times. <laughs> what did it say? No, no. You don't have to say a name. No, it's 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 not a good thing. Okay. It's it's like a it's a derogatory thing. It's because Twitter, you know. Yes. Yeah, so because Twitter, it's a Twitter thing. If if you guys reach out to me via DM or email me at daviddrink5.com, I'll tell you what it actually said. But you don't, I'm not going to put it on the air here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what we were talking about, uh, according to the Miami Herald, um, they are saying 
what, what the Miami Herald is pushing is play the game on Monday night in Miami. Um, no way. Well, that's what the Miami Herald is saying, a newspaper. Yeah. Uh, but they're also saying the most likely option is going to be the bye week. And it seems like later today, the all of the um, momentum is going towards the bye week instead of playing at all this week. Um, so that's going to be, uh, you know, that, that's a bye week in my book. So, so my, as an owner... That's a newspaper, right? That's a newspaper. I don't know that... I kept saying that. Are there still newspapers? News. Didn't they have to write that like six days ago for it to appear in? <laughs> <laughs> we just got it new, delivered, hot off the presses. Oh, fair enough. Uh, sorry, Glenn. There is a game already in Houston. Uh, Houston decided to play in Houston. Yes, Houston decided to play there this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which wide receiver will score more points week one in a PPR league? Doug Baldwin at Green Bay or Amari Cooper at Tennessee? Um, Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. Yeah, I like Doug Baldwin. I mean, both are great options. I hope you have the chance to play both of them. But if you have sure, to I one, mean, if you drafted Baldwin and Cooper, you must have gotten them on the wraparound yeah. and taken them both. Play them both. Uh, Baldwin. <laughs> start them both. <laughs> Should I start this guy or that guy? Yes. <laughs> uh, Doug Baldwin. There is my recommendation. Dave. Yep, I'm. I'm a, I'm a Baldwin. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, there, there was a question about kickers, so I'm just going to disregard it. <laughs> Thank you for sparing us that one. Yeah, that's all I got here on, on Twitter. So, uh, w- was there a question on the chat? There oh was... God, Seattle has a new terrible-looking uh, logo. It's the Seahawk looking directly at you, nice. and it just no, it looks stupid. I'm there was uh, uh, Glenn in the chat says that the stadium's going to be flooded full of gators. I think no. I think it's actually going to be a Sharknado because uh, life imitates art. Uh, so w- later uh, in this week, we're actually going to find out that sharks did rain down from the heavens in southern Florida. <laughs> well, there's going to be Gator Cane. <laughs> it will be a new movie on you know sci-fi. Perhaps. Oh, and uh, and he told us that. <laughs> That Lily's Q is fantastic, so I look forward to it. Sweet. And I kind of like the Seahawks' new logo. It's an alternate logo. Alternate logo. But yeah. I like it. Well, you know, you're free to have an opinion. Is that the one with the Sharknado? The hat looks weird. <laughs> right? It, does, it just doesn't look right. <laughs> the hat does not look right, but the logo looks It's like weird. they just took the logo and <laughs> rotated it and, like, mirrored it. They didn't, like, consider what would it, would it look different if we were looking at it head on. Well, sounds good. Sounds like a great decision by them. <laughs> so we'll find out, I guess, uh, tomorrow about the Dolphins game. Uh, maybe more about uh, Ezekiel Elliott's suspension, which I'm sure you're all on on the edge of your seats about, <laughs> uh, and and a lot of of other crazy stuff, which is bound to happen in yes. Week One before the before the actual game start. So and me, I'll be on Thursday uh, drafting a league while the first game is going on, which is just insane. That's insane. Wonderful. So how does it work for the players that are being drafted or played that game? You got Patriots. My my suggestion. Have a bunch of Patriots players. So. My suggestion as a veteran fantasy player is that uh, if you draft someone uh, who's playing in that game, um, then you have to decide immediately whether or not you are starting them in the game. You can't just wait until later until after everybody's gone and then say, well, 
you know, it's kind of cool that Malcolm Mitchell scored 400 points. I think I'll probably <laughs> I'll probably put him in my lineup. Like that shouldn't it shouldn't work like that. I would like to sit Tom Brady because he only scored 15 points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if Tom Brady gets injured, uh, has another ACL, or even only scores one touchdown. Does he get an extra ACL? Um, he has six ACLs. Yes. I think. Yeah, he has like a basement full of like, cadavers ready to go. How many does Gronk have? Like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> they don't well, make but, him big uh, enough for Gronk. That's interesting. Uh, good luck in that draft. That that'll be fun. That'll be kind of nerve wracking. I don't think that it's going to have that big of a of an impact uh, because of when we're drafting. Because we're we're starting the draft at like six p.m. and the game's not going to go and it's not going to be on until like seven or thirty or something. So the guys who will be for sure starting will hopefully be owned already. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, so they that, just have to make a decision by seven thirty if they're going to start them. No, not buy. Win. Yes, as the game starts. Correct. Okay. Correct. And so that's the same as any other league. Then you would you would assume you have a guy you have to start him. But if if you draft Tom Brady, you know in this league it's going to go in like the first or second round. Yeah, but I'd be curious with the backfield, especially like a Deion Lewis or Rex Burkhead. Like while the game's on, I bet those guys, whoever ends up getting that's really the, the question, carries, is going to get like is, a is Mike Gillisley like scores two touchdowns and, and so, suddenly he goes in the in like the sixth round yeah. or something like. Or that. they don't yeah. use Kareem Hunt much and he starts falling in the draft. <laughs> That could happen. Like, yeah, it, you know. Well, they're not going to. He's a mirage, remember? He's he's leading me to my, my brisket victory. I like him for 16 <laughs> points. Yeah. He's a mirage. 16 points. That's crazy. We can go 15.1. Crazy. He's yeah. literally going as, like, the number 16 ADP right now in running backs. He's going to score uh, one point for each uh, ADP that he has. <laughs> for each ADP. <laughs> That has no bearing in reality. <laughs> is it the going conversion rate? That's right. Oh, man. That makes David Johnson a terrible guy. He's, value. he's yeah. bad. He only scores one point per game on average. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I don't want to jinx him. Okay, well, I think we're about ready to wrap this one up. Uh, you guys have anything else to add for week one? No, pumped up. Happy football season, guys. I love you all the time. So check out the podcast at Stitcher.com under Drink5 Network and uh, Apple iTunes. All right, great. Well, uh, yeah, join us next week on Mixler at 8 o'clock where we will preview week two and decide if, you know, we guessed anything right for week one. Maybe. Thanks a lot, everybody. Drink5.